0: No more gossip, Jamie. Sorry. I am
1: not going to behave just because you banned us from gossiping about the gossip you picked up at the party that shall remain nameless prior to hitting record on this podcast, Rhett. That's not how it works. This is not a, tyran- a tyranny. This is not a dictatorship. This is a place where we can go on and tap them if we want to. Have I ruined the opening? Or have you not pressed No, well, board? you know
0: what the rules, no editing. <laughs> so we're <I'm> going to continue.
2: <laughs> and
0: uh, yeah, no, no gossip because um, I don't remember anymore but um, they were asking about the podcast so that, that it was hilarious mm. um a quick update from me i guess before we dive into the episode which is mm. emanations Is i know i did produce a bunch of episodes this week so everything is up mm. to date uh and i didn't notice sometimes we didn't say which episode we were reviewing so That's just i said emanations uh-huh. emanations <laughs> correct uh season one episode eight mm-hmm. um um the second thing I've done is I've linked us to Apple Podcasts, um, oh. and according to my little dashboard that I have here, things are published, but Ooh. I can't see them yet on in the app online. But apparently, it can take a few days. But is to there celebrate- any
1: chance of us being cancelled?
0: No, well, maybe that's why I've only pushed to one platform. But I have a drink here, and I did say last time that we met that we should have a little celebratory drink when I like publish because there's a little mm. button called publish that I haven't actually pushed. Mm. So that will do something.
1: So, do you want to raise? Lash. Do
0: you want to raise your drinks? Do you have a drink? Salute. Great, and I'm gonna hit publish, and I have no idea if that's gonna make any. Oh, we found one or more issues. Click here to
1: see. <laughs> <laughs> Was I premature in drinking?
0: Oh, no, I did this already. Update frequency. Oh, not weekly. Mm. Sorry, bi weekly. Mm. And save and publish. I don't know why it's published. So I don't know what that means. Apparently, it can take a few days for things to work on Apple Podcasts. So mm. I will keep checking back. But I guess for people listening in the future, this happened a long time ago. And I can't complain time travel. Never mind, just normal time <laughs> um, uh, But yes, and then because it's on Apple, so you'll be able to have a listen because you both are both on Apple phones, right? And then
1: you Mostly can, for Ted Lasso, but yes.
0: You can give me the go-ahead to go to the other platforms. Anyway, very <laughs> boring update for everybody. Jamie, are you ready with your one-minute intro?
1: Um. Yeah, I can give you the one-line summation. Uh, (laughs) Another of Harry Kim's super discovery turns into a super bear trap.
0: Good. (laughs) I've forgotten already his last discovery. That's
1: it. Wasn't his last discovery some sort of little peephole all the way back to Uh, the Alpha Quadrant that um, got everyone's hopes up and then they were like, this this is rubbish, this is literally... uh, (laughs) about the size of a probe
0: yes i remember that now do you want to give us up you're slightly longer than one (laughs) half a minute Uh, okay
1: um another of harry kim's super discoveries turns into a super bear trap in which an entire culture's ideas of what happens with the afterlife and a first contact situation are potentially destroyed by harry kim wanting to tricorder a corpse
2: (laughs)
0: well done that's okay. I have to say, I didn't really enjoy taking notes for this one because it was really hard to know what people's names were, and they were kept <laughs> in locations that I didn't really know. Yeah. But, excuse
2: yeah. Me.
0: but um, I did I did take some notes. So I guess uh, we begin, and it's the captain's log, which is, I guess, pretty standard. And hmm. I did really like that opening scene. Uh, it of found White. a new element. Yeah, but uh, just it's more on the um, kind of animation or special effects. Of Voyager flying past that planet with the big ring. That was really cool. I really like that. do remember. Very <laughs> spacey. I always um, feel
1: there's not enough sort of space maneuvering in Voyager that you know it's it it's very much about the human drama as opposed to the Star Wars uh intership dynamics. Um,
0: yeah. Well sure. I've never watched Star Wars. Anyway, we've got <laughs> um but yes, Jamie, do you want to describe what's happening? Like, they've discovered a new element.
1: Well, yeah. Um, so, so the captain's log uh, begins saying that uh, they potentially... Dis- there are... Uh, how many elements? 246. 246 elements. Until now. But they suspect they've discovered another element, which is going to come from something hilarious, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, and she says, but we've potentially discovered number 247. And you pan into this incredibly enthusiastic discussion uh, involving Harry, Kim, Chakotay, B'Elanna, Torres and the Skipper um, about the fact they've potentially discovered this element in the rings of the nearby planet. That's
0: a stable Um, element, which seems to be a good thing.
1: (laughs) Exactly. As opposed to, you know, one one of those unstable elements that, you know, you find down the club every Friday night at two o'clock in the morning, downing tequila through its nose. Um, Not one of those elements. Um, But, uh, yeah, they outline the fact that this is in the offing. And then there's quite a funny moment in which um, Harry suggests beaming a sample of the element on board, which, as we know from... What happens later might have been a bit hilarious. Uh, but then Belana Torres, everyone for the in-person impact, says, actually, why don't we beam down and look at it in its natural environment? Um, which Captain Janeway agrees to. And then says, Chakotay, why don't you organise an away mission? You're on point. Chakotay walks away and Harry looks very, very upset for a second as though they're not going to involve him. And then Chakotay sort of reaches out and says, and, and would you like to come along? You know, yeah. just, just as the potential discoverer,
0: he's very he's very excited to get to go along. Mm. I think probably because one of his first away missions. I get confused with just so often. I don't know about you, Je- uh, Jenny. <laughs> so that when I'm watching, I forget I'm watching like early Voyager.
3: Yeah, same. Mm.
0: Um, but uh, one thing they also mentioned at that point is that this element is on all the asteroids in the ring around the planet, which mm. is just setting that scene for latest as more information comes out i think um and uh, yeah so then i th- guess i think we have oh no so the next scene that we see they're on the planet that away team uh harry Chakote and bologna and um they in a cave i think on the on an asteroid and there's like all these like creepy cobwebs.
1: well yeah and they're, they're trying to read for the stable element and they can't find it and they as you said they're finding all these cobwebs and then they go around a corner and they find a mummified class five humanoid.
0: Well remembered, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs>
1: sorry. Um, I was just searching for the correct way of terming that as opposed to, I, I don't know, just stepping back, for a Star, Star Trek podcast, does it not feel a little bit on the nose to go, yeah, they went around the corner and they found a corpse? That sounds more like something out of The Walking Dead. Um,
0: I just found myself trying to avoid using the word alien for some reason. Um, Mm. But, uh, well, I mean, in in a dark and Mm shadowy
1: environment of that ilk using the term alien sort of conjures visions of Sigourney Weaver hunting down these things that are like barely, well, barely, barely not demonic, as opposed to the (laughs) the class five humanoid remains that uh, look like a very peacefully sort of cocooned remain of a human. Um, uh, which an interesting discussion uh, kicks off because having established well, think, through scanning. Oh, sorry. go for Yeah. That.
0: Just to interrupt, because we do have the, like the, the song break theme mm. being tuned. I don't even know what to call it, mm. but, um, uh, I did immediately. So they, they come across, they stumble across one body and then they mm. kind of go around the corner. And then we see like, you know, multiple mm. of these cocooned or mummy as you said, uh, uh, bo- uh bodies and, um, I did immediately think of Cocoon. Did anyone see that when they were a child?
2: <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> no? I feel like I no. might have. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, I it it. It's not quite the right reference, but I did immediately think of it, so I just had to bring it mm. up. But yeah. Um, then after the, the theme tune, we're back on the planet, and we find out a bit more, So there's actually 18 uh, bodies uh, split between males and females mm. in different stages of decomposition. Like some mm. as recently as a couple of hours or something
1: hmm and and is there have we covered off the fact that um on on mentioning to jane that these are here well they haven't got uh, yet oh, okay no sorry right go for it yep
0: well i mean they're about to but um i think chakotay says like oh it looks like some kind of burial site and um, there's a bit of a um but at that point, they realize that this element that they're interested in is emanating from these bodies.
1: Mm. I think. Does that mean it's an element still, though, or is it not?
0: Um, but we're made up of elements, aren't we? Mm.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yep. No, I, I just wanted to check. I mean, the bodies aren't
0: elements, of but it's emanating of the readings are coming from the bodies. Mm.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and there's immediately kind of like. Um, a difference in opinion, I guess, is what you're getting at, Jamie, between Chicote and Harry about how to handle this uh, situation. Yeah,
1: well, it's it's not, not only Chakotay and Harry, but uh, B'Elanna Torres as well. Because, um, well, B'Elanna's, I suppose, comes later, but uh, Harry suggests scanning the bodies, and Chiquoté, uh basically says, uh, effectively comes out with an opinion um, after... Harry has suggested this to the captain. Chakotay says, this might be desecration. I'd suggest we leave these bodies as alone as we possibly can, use our eyes and nothing else. Um, at which stage the captain decides in, in Chakotay's favour. But Bellana Torres is then very snide about the ability <laughs> to learn anything else because she effectively then sort of says, well, um, I've looked around it's a burial size, it's creepy, let's go. <laughs> and uh, Chikoshi says, you've looked, but you've not seen, or words to that effect, no. um, saying that you can tell a lot from just what you're seeing here, that these people, for instance, it's very likely they believe in an afterlife because of the ritual with which they start, they prepare the body is here, or so we think, um, to which uh, Bellano Torres count as well, Cleon's believe in an afterlife, and we don't do much body preparation. We just, you know, get rid of them very efficiently. Uh, which there begs a few questions. Ready to
0: die? They like today is a good day to die and run into battle and don't really think about
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, yes. Jenny, um, what do you
0: think? Because this is more like a, a thematic, I guess. Like they're already mm-hmm. like having this kind of, you know, mm-hmm. how you think about death. Do you think do you care what happens to you after you die, or do you think it's like you know? I think they're already starting to address.
1: Wait, are you asking Jen? Does she yeah. care what happens yeah. to us? No, I'm she just dies? saying
0: because like, Jenny likes talking about themes that mm. they're really touching, kind of on the theme.
1: Mm. Well,
3: well, I I quite liked about this, um, not that I don't, I, I love Harry Kerman, you know, I don't don't want him to be in any kind of distress, but I did like the way they made this episode where, at the very start, he's all for um, scanning and finding out as much as they possibly can. And then later on, he finds himself in the situation where someone is inflicting that on him.
0: Yes, that's (laughs) a really good point. I've never noticed that.
3: I did love that because then, you know, he thinks about it on the other end of the um, spectrum, I guess. And maybe in future, he'll be a bit more careful about... (laughs) um, Yeah, because I think I agree with Chakotin mostly. Um, You know, you want to learn as much as you can, but without intruding or, um, you know prime directive isn't it like yeah <laughs> affecting the the civilization that you're investigating too much
0: yeah i mean i think we probably all would lean chakotay's way maybe harry was just excited on his first away mission Ooh. he was he was like Ooh. this is first contact like trying yeah. to make it more something than it actually was but then he did get to have
1: that first yeah can i can i ask a question under what at what stage in star trek Uh, Star Trek Starfleet rules does a civilization have to be for you to be allowed to initiate first contact and indeed engage politically post-warp really that's the rule why post-warp
3: well I've always thought it must be because um, at that point they'll be coming to get you anyway (laughs) they'll be, (laughs) they'll be, be able to leave the planet and they'll be able to explore and come and you know Get you visit you and and so it's better to That's true they, they monitor. I don't know where I picked this up. It must have been some other <laughs> episode or series, but they basically monitor um, civilizations that are close to warp. Then they keep an eye on them and they wait, <laughs> and then like on the day that they achieve warp. <laughs> you know, they send a party down to say hello. and <laughs> Welcome <laughs> yeah. to the post-warp. I think this is on some film, Star Trek. Yeah, this is, exact, this
0: is exactly what happens on Star Trek. I've watched this recently. Was it a film? Oh, oh, it on, just uh, that. If you were uh, a receiving Civilization,
1: possibly? you'd have found this deeply creepy and be asking very far-reaching questions about all these folk living in far-flung pra- places, reporting probing and things like that.
0: It's, I think that's what happens in that first Star Trek film. With a TNG cast, I, I think I watched it on the plane recently because it's all I had. Um, and isn't
3: yeah, and isn't it like a his, well, Earth's history or something like they when Earth achieved warp, the Vulcans, yes. Vulcans turned up.
1: And <laughs> well, the Vulcans stopped perhaps... them, didn't they? Yeah, the Vulcans
0: exactly.
1: exactly. Oh, did they? Oh, those two-faced bastards.
0: Anyway, we digress. And before we <laughs> yeah, say something bad really. about Vulcans or
1: something, <laughs> I love Vulcans.
3: Yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: they held back human civilization for hundreds of years without letting them have warp technology, I guess. You
0: mean that off the internet?
1: I mean, you know, does my that lack of passion fell. for what I'm saying ring through?
0: Um, but anyway, we're still in the cave. And also, the, I thought it was interesting when Chakotay shared that, like his experience of being um, at a burial site, you know, back in his youth. And then yeah. he accidentally he took a rock as a memento, not realizing it was actually a key part of the... It had been a gift. Chakotay
1: but- desecrated a grave.
0: So he didn't want Harry to make the same mistake, I guess. Um, hmm. but kind of, they'd, their discussion is interrupted by a dimensional distortion or something. And so they have to do an em- emergency beam out. Hmm. And Seska is back at the transporter controls. We'll, we'll see her again.
1: Oh my goodness. Can I, can I just go back to the first the first contact thing? just because i've been doing some research i found out that star trek the star trek universe even has an explanation for roswell
0: Mm. (laughs) that's hilarious
1: it's it's effectively uh because a ferengi shuttle called quark's (laughs) treasure crash landed near the town of roswell new mexico
0: oh yes i've seen that episode (laughs) oh
1: amazing
0: also I was watching, sorry, this is a huge digression, but I was watching, <laughs> I was finally, finally watching the final episode of Deep Space Nine because I was waiting to watch it with my sister. And so now I've watched Deep Space Nine twice because I didn't watch the last episode. Mm. Anyway, long, boring story. Um, I was watching it because it kind of relates to the new Picard. And um, <laughs> I was thinking they did a really good job to make, I would say, some of the most attractive characters on that show, Ferengi because <laughs> quark is like the bad boy and his brother rom is like the sweet good boy oh <laughs> <Aww. laughs> like, well, am i crazy teddy
3: i think you're a bit crazy Red. <laughs> I'm no i can't you're say what i ever I, had the for. no no what i meant by that is they
0: both line up in relationships uh like with like attractive women and it's not like it's not unbelievable like it is with no offense. <laughs> you,
1: know,
3: you know, like, I, I like, really I'm, believe those relationships. A... I'm struggling to remember who they end up with, to be honest, that's the difficulty. Okay, no worries. I remember the two characters. Like, yeah. who, who do they...
0: Well, Quark has, like, relationships, he's more like a short-term relationship guy, not that you see a lot of them, but mm. he has, like, you know, a ex-girlfriend that turns up and I think she's, um, what is the...
1: Uh, and Ron marries
0: the Dobbo girl. Oh, that. Oh, the yeah. what? The Dobbo girl. <laughs>
1: anyway,
3: we are hugely divorcing. Okay. Oh, can I, uh, can, to get back on track, uh, there was one thing I was going to say about that scene we just covered. Um, okay. Can I just say how I love Harry's response to um It's such the PC thing to do. It's, you know, proper <laughs> um, when his his uh, suggestion is turned down in favour of Chicotes. And he, and he thanks chicote for listening to his proposition, even though it was rejected.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Chakotay oh, explains why came. he rejected him, his yeah. proposition.
3: Isn't Afterwards it? One civilized screwed
2: grown-up world.
0: <laughs> uh, why doesn't the office look like that? Yes, why? <laughs>
1: because we haven't encountered the Vulcans yet, or uh, reached warp technology stage. I'm not sure which it is. They're holding but... us back yes yes they are <laughs> they don't want us there
0: um so there's this emergency beam out, um and we in transporter room three i think no just transporter room and something's gone wrong with the transport because there are three people on the transporter platform but one of them is a class five humanoid mummy cocoon <laughs> and um harry's missing i guess so not not oh. good but um uh isn't it this yeah they uh, Tuvok is scanning for Harry and there's like no sign of him. But Balana is also busy scanning this um I keep referring to it as a cocoon. I don't know if that's the right word. Um and she realizes I mean... she realizes that um this humanoid might still be alive. And so they beam her to the sick bag to see if they can revive her because there's still electrical activity. And the next scene is like now we're we jumped to the planet yep and i feel jamie you're gonna have one a lot to say about this uh burial ceremony that we're seeing well, i mean i call it burial ceremony i mean just to quickly say it, on wikipedia they call this place the mortuary or the morgue or something uh, but so i don't know how you want to refer well, to yeah,
1: where... except the so remind me the name of the species of alien who's encountered
0: uh if, um, I, possible, I need
1: to. I know. But they, they refer to Benore? cenotaphs. Sorry? Venori? Yeah, the, but they effectively re- re- refer to these enormous sarcophagus like structures as cenotaphs. And it transpires that what happens is members of that species who wish to end their life or at the end of the life for pain or because they feel they're a burden on the families go into these and. They their lives are ended, and then this sort of weird worm holy dimensional gateway that just appears on, on a sequential basis, there just zaps them away to a place that these aliens, the Nori, have no idea where it is that uh, they go, and they have made up this explanation around which, well, yeah, I think we're entire- getting oh, yeah. no, no, I mean, that
0: is exactly what's happening, but so we
1: like ourselves on
0: the planet and we see these uh humanoids around the cenotaph that you're describing Mm. undergoing one of these ceremonies but in this case there's banging coming from the inside yes Uh, and they're like she's alive she's alive Um, and they open it and it's harry She's harry (laughs) a clue that i mean it's starting to give us a clue at least what's going on
1: do you know know what would have been an amazing easter egg if the nori who met him was named some derivation of sally uh,
0: well yes i mean i really can't even begin to like ter- like organize the names in my mind so i'm not
1: gonna <laughs> <say it laughs> when out. harry met sally star trek voyager star Sorry. <laughs> uh, i mean no.
0: there must be a movie called like body swap or something because that actually happens a few times in this but yeah we, i think we get the mm. clue that the woman that's now on voyager and harry have accidentally swapped places
2: well yeah
1: because the body appears on voyager as uh, as the beam back from i mean have we articulated exactly how it sort of happens that there's this
0: no not yet so um uh, so harry's like banging they open it up everyone is kind of shocked and then i think the next scene is we see two of these venori and um, i think they're a man and a wife and they're having this like really interesting conversation and she's like, he's like saying, uh, it's like about sacrifice and he sounds like he's getting ready to say goodbye. Mm. Um, And she's like, but we'll see you soon. So again, these are like clues about,
1: you know, what's, what's happening (laughs) in the nature of what goes on with those sarcophagi. And it's, it's really, it's a really moving scene because she's thanking him for his sacrifice. And he's obviously sad to be leaving but there's an absolute certainty in her voice as she talks about what he's going to experience, that she sounds absolutely certain she, that he's going to see her departed father. And she she effectively talks of telling him mundane things on a level with, tell him that his plants are doing well, the trees i planted for him have been in flower for three years in a row, you're going to see him. And so there's a certainty in how she talks about. She's very certain. To <laughs> and, and indeed that he talks about that that um, make it seem very clear that he's about to pass away from this mortal coil, but they're very certain and assured and unworried about what happens next.
3: I think this is one of those episodes that is um, tricky to watch when you've seen it so many times, because (laughs) I can't remember now even how I first thought about this when I have Mm. for example like i i I remember all these bits about this episode so i imagine when you first watch that scene for the first time you're thinking what is going on it sounds like he's going to die but no it can't be that because Mm. of the way she's speaking um and the sort Mm. of confusion and wtf (laughs) 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 what the hell is going on kind of um is just uh it's difficult to remember <laughs> i assume that's how i would re- re- respond but because we because yeah. i know so well what happens now you're like already um yeah already thinking about it thinking ahead
0: <laughs> you, ra- you raise a, a, a point that just reminds me of something um when i was sent back to the delta flyers um the one guy you know with the um harry and tom the actors not the characters mm-hmm. um often the one guy will comment, he'll be like, oh, I was really confu- like, uh, confused in the scene. I didn't know what was going on. And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, you're not supposed to know what's going on at that <laughs> point. It's, you're supposed to be a bit unsettled or trying to, you know, they're giving you clues, mm. not like laying out the story. So yeah. I'm not always really sure why he makes that comment. Um, or maybe he's meaning it the same way I mean it, and I just misinterpreted. But um, yeah, I, yeah, you're watching that the first time, you're like, wait, what is happening? Exactly. And I think yeah. that's, you know that's how you're supposed to feel. Um, but then, uh, I think in the same room, um, Harry enters with like a doctor or something or the leader of the ceremony. I think, I think it's Dr. Renora, but I might
3: not know. Fanatist or something.
0: Oh, no, he yeah. comes a little bit later. Ah, um, yeah. But, um, but uh, we're kind of starting to find out that they believe he's come from the next emanation. Wow. Mm. Um. Whatever
1: the emanation is.
0: Yeah. So, um. Well, my notes are very bad, so Jamie. Save me, but um, they're asking mm-hmm. him, like, how did you get here? Yeah, and he kind of describes a bit about what happens, and they're like, what do you mean you saw dead people? So, obviously, okay. they're matching it's on extremely
1: disturbing if you think that he's from the afterlife and there's <laughs> it's full of dead people.
0: Um, but then they are interrupted by the Thana. Do you want to say it again, Jamie? <laughs> well,
1: I'm
3: just trying to remember, I thought it was something like Thanatist, but
0: Thanologist, Thana, something like
1: that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thanologist, yes, Neria, I think is what the web said. Hmm. And Harry again introduces himself and explains a little bit of his like background, he's a human from Earth and all this stuff. Hmm. And Harry finds out they are the Venori. Um, and then uh-huh. he says something like he mentions the rings around their planet, and they're like, We don't have a ring around our planet. So <laughs> he's like, Oh, great, this is very confusing. Yeah. What's going yeah. on?
1: What, yeah. And and uh, this is the scene, isn't it, where they explain something of the function of the cenotaphs, isn't it? The supple- I think so, because
0: my notes are really bad, so mm.
1: <laughs> But at, at this stage, it's sort of a, a little bit of a key blank is filled in as to why um, when the sort of mini wormholes, are they called vagaries or?
0: The subspace vacuole. I think Vacuoles, yeah.
1: So. Why they're depositing bodies into, unbeknownst to the Venori, into this asteroid belt. Um, so effectively, they explain that the vacuoles arrive on a cyclical basis in this scene. And that is why that they have these cenotaphs here, because they believe that the vacuoles take folk to the next emanation, their afterlife. And so people effectively come here to end their lives when you know they're suffering or they feel they're a burden or whatever other reason. Um, in these, well, sar- I think sarcophaga. at this point,
0: you think that only people who are near death, um, yes, like, yes. Are, would undergo this. Um,
1: yes, yeah, but it's but it's yeah. effectively a ritualized religious euthanasia. Uh, euthanasia. Yeah, which makes it seem a little bit darker than I would normally have anticipated from a Star Trek.
3: Now, do you think that what about people who just suddenly die? Do they then go into the boxes?
2: Yeah, dead, presumably.
3: That's what I would assume as oh, well. But, yeah. but mm. uh, they don't really cover that. But then they talk about that's the way you get to the next emanation. So mm.
0: that is okay. an interesting question because they believe that it's you're literally your physical body just being sent somewhere mm. else. So if you're dead in that world, what would be the point of sending that person
2: to the mm. next? One? Mm. Because
0: they, you're not you're not going there because you're dead. You're going there because it's then just the next part of your journey.
2: Mm. Yeah interesting
0: um
3: that is interesting this is a hard one to explain i think you're doing a great job jamie (laughs) like i just realized like watching it it's not that complicated but sort of trying to explain the intricacies of this Mm -hmm. alien's belief system and their processes and rituals and versus what's happening like in terms of Terry Mm. being transported and switching places it's all a mm-hmm. bit complicated actually when you think about it I, yeah, I it
0: hard I, to take notes because they are revealing this bits of the stories bit by bit so you don't uh, want to like you know jump ahead or yeah
3: uh, and
0: just the different settings i don't know but uh, i think at this point harry's just desperate to know where he is because the last time Ooh. he was like near a planet with a ring around it now he's told he's on a planet with no ring and um, this uh, phonologist is like um, I did write down this one line It's like, where you are now is the world of the living where you yeah. came from is another dimension
1: is the, yeah. the next emanation
0: aka <laughs> the afterlife so baby he's yeah. from the afterlife and Harry's like I just need to get back home
1: yeah I, I really love the, the where you are is the world of the living sort of <laughs> <laughs> reassure him line not, <laughs> not dissimilar to the one that the Venori who is resuscitated sort of has to deal with
0: Oh yes, I guess again it's mirroring because the next scene we're in sick bay and the doctor mm-hmm. is about to revive... Um,
1: it's Paul Venori who thinks but, they're dead.
3: Yeah. Just, huh? oh, sorry, I thought it was Pateri is the name. Sorry, yeah, right.
1: Patera.
0: At oh, yeah. this point we discover that the biopolymer or those cobwebs is like a... Um, <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, the the doctor reassures everyone and basically says, "Yeah, so you know those uh, cobwebs that you were uh, basically walking through, and you know the mummification cocoon everyone had, that was basically their decomposition process. So you know all of those cobwebs that you were wading through, you were literally wading through dead bodies." He says <laughs> with a very sensitive uh, doctor's bedside manner, which was almost identical to mine there, but with an American accent.
0: Yeah, byproduct of decomposition. I did. Yeah, I mean that was a good line, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, it
1: was, you were yeah. literally wading through dead bodies.
0: <laughs> um But yes, they wake up Patera, and the first mm. thing she says is like, "Where's my brother?" And then she says something that did send chills down my spine. Mm. But,
1: she's
0: like, "But he's supposed to be here. They're all supposed to be here."
1: Oh, and you're yeah. like,
0: Oh my gosh, oh. my
1: heart. Oh, you ruined <laughs> what I was going to say because, like, I was actually going to say, like, you know. There's a lot of be sensitive for Patera in this episode, but, you know, if you're waking up from the dead, I think as landings go, waking up to, okay, the Doctor, but also Kess and Captain Janeway is a pretty soft landing.
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's a soft landing if you expected to see your family and you're on a spaceship and, yeah, and um, yeah, you're that, surrounded I mean, that, by that aliens. You, took,
1: you <laughs> sort of took the sting out of what I said by suggesting she expected to see her family there, yes, yeah. so I, I agree. But, you know, un- <laughs> under any other circumstances, it would have been a soft landing. We should have no sympathy for her. No, it
3: wouldn't have been because, because to her, there's these weird-looking human-like aliens that she's never seen before. Like,
1: can I can I just point out the whole "we will allow no criticism of Jane leadership style" thing that uh, we're violating here? I take this as criticism of her leadership style. If you're uh, criticizing no, no, the way in which not she criticism. wakes the dead.
3: Not criticism at all, no. I'm just describing the feelings, of. The, I'm empathizing with the feelings of the alien, how she might feel upon waking up and being surrounded by strange aliens. Um, but uh, the alternative is surrounding her, I don't know, with no one. So I think probably some yeah, sympathetic yeah. aliens is the way to go. Um,
0: anyway, she panicked so much that I think they sedated her at that point. And so we back, back on the planet um, with Harry and... Aneria, uh, Oh, is the phenologist. The phenologist. My God, my. Those don't
1: worry, it's all good.
0: And Harry's trying to piece together this uh, Venori culture and what happened to him. So he's like, I guess, trying to figure out, um, um, you know, how he landed up here. And then he fi- there's a line where he's, he finds out that uh, Patera, who was sent, wasn't actually dead yet. Um, mm. And then that you know at that point I find out that you don't actually die until the cenotaph is activated. Um, but she was dying from a tumor, so she was ill. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, I think we've covered this a bit, but yeah, the phenologist the explains that uh, the senator euthanizes the occupants and transports them to the next emanation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then, yeah, we have a naturally occurring subspace vacuole. Um,
1: Which is a mini wormhole for those who don't <laughs> know what the vacuole is, because I didn't
0: and um but then so harry's got all these questions for the phenologist but actually it kind of then at some point it switches and this uh, doctrinary or whatever he's got tons of questions for harry mm-hmm. because everyone wants to know why harry said you know he saw dead bodies because this yeah.
1: is um, there's mm. supposed to be no dead bodies in the land of the dead which is and a bit ironic like- and up there with oh. you can't fight in the war room from dr strange love but you know i can understand <laughs> the logic
3: and there's, there's a point at which, I'm not sure if it's yet, where Harry's sort of realising, you can sort of see him realising, he's like, oh, God, yes. I, I probably shouldn't have said that. And, um, <laughs> you know, I really can't say anything else. This is, like, going to yeah. cause your entire civilization like, major mm. change and disruption and, you know, the sort of um, him trying to, like... Not lie, but also, um, you, you know, not, try and yeah. not, not cause massive devastation to these people.
2: <laughs> so yeah, exactly. I think, I think mm. he
3: does quite a good job considering the circumstances.
0: Again, yeah, considering it is his probably first solo, first contact situation. Mm. Um, um, but, yeah, this guy is very – I mean, he, again, has these li- – some of these lines are very, like, I don't know, they make you feel quite bad for the Benori at this point because he's like, are you saying – when?" When we die, we go to some asteroid to decompose. <laughs> exactly.
1: Because Harry's like, I, I don't know what I'm saying, but I will see like, that. No more. Not, yeah, don't I'm not that brutally.
3: But now, it's this a bit of a sad episode, really, isn't it? Like, yeah, I do you feel, you feel bad for them?
0: Um, but obviously, so Nerea has all these questions, and now he also wants to be scanning Harry, like you said earlier, Jenny, because this is the first person ever to come back. So obviously, Harry's also a huge, <coughs> huge interest to in them.
2: Mm. Well, something I mean, really
3: intimidating. He says something mm. like a, a full full biospectral analysis <laughs> or something is quite um, mm. quite frightening. I feel like
0: you can just think Harry, see Harry thinking, oh my god, how am I ever going to get out of here?
3: Yeah, <laughs> and, and also like why why me? Like always, it's always <laughs> Harry <laughs> getting yeah. into these troubles.
0: They does have a lot of uh, run-ins with um, aliens. Happened
1: to Tom Paris, um, but isn't it at this stage that um, the Veneri, uh chap who was about to sort of move on to the next emanation sort of overhears some of the conversation and is disturbed by it in its nature because we haven't i think it's an important plot device yeah no
0: that is it's not in my notes yet um uh, so he could have overheard but they haven't had like conversed about it yet mm. so i think um hi mm. um so we're back on voyager and um i think Jacote tells Janeway that they find 200,000 bodies on the asteroid Was it 2,000?
1: I thought it was 2,000, but I, okay, I
0: think it was 2,000. Cause I wrote down 2,000. Then I like was reading an article online or, um, and then it said 200,000 and then I was like, Oh, I just corrected myself. But I think it was 2,000.
2: Yeah.
0: Anyway. So now, I mean, again, that's just painting a picture. Um, and then we in sick Bay with Janeway and, uh, Patera um and Janeway you can see is she's starting to form an idea of what has happened to Harry based on what uh Patera's just told her is it Patera yes yeah. um which um but again it's a kind of funny both people always want questions like Harry has tons of questions then the the Nori has tons of questions Janeway has tons of questions because she's trying to find Harry but this person expects to be in the afterlife so yeah. she also um has a lot of questions for Janeway so she keeps like asking like you know what happens to my people when we die? Like that's um, something she already wants to find out. Um, And Janeway, I mean, she just tries, she just says all we know is that these vacuoles deposit the bodies on this ring of us, you know, this asteroid belt or this ring around a planet. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we find out that Patera is like, well, this is not what I was expecting at all, because (laughs) they expect to go to the next emanation where they get all the answers and become all knowing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um,
1: so, And, and what, what's your take on what Patera at that stage believes? Do you believe she thinks she's dead? Or do you believe she thinks something weird has happened and these are aliens? Because there, there's perilous little comments on how different they look for, you know, people in the land of the dead.
0: I, I believe that she...
1: Oh, yeah, I'm not sure. It's an interesting question, isn't it? Because yeah. you can't really tell...
0: All, all I know is that she feels like she's not in the right place. Like, mm. And, again, she wasn't really expecting to die. She was just expecting to go to another place.
2: Mm. Um, mm. What
3: I found really interesting is that... And the thing is, though, I think this doesn't happen until another scene, but what mm. she believed prior to this happening, um, she explains when, she, when she's talking later to Kes, um The yeah. key element, mm. I think, which, which is not the... Um, her her soul is you know going off up to heaven or next destination whatever it is the afterlife but they mm. believe that their actual physical body will go through and they will be basically just like they are now just you know living and breathing and their body goes with them and that I think was a really interesting um, sort of discovery when watching this episode so then I mm. realised okay so that is what's the really shocking thing to these poor people is that um they were expecting just to be their full selves in the afterlife. Like and, that and just be
0: reunited be, with the people that are yeah,
3: and just be in heaven as themselves, you know, like what what a shock that would be if then they are starting to consider the possibility that in fact they just die and decompose and even if their something else, soul or whatever, does go somewhere else. Um which could still be a possibility. Um you honestly. know, the fact that their bodies don't is like a massive shock to them. Like That would mm. be just, yeah. I mean, it's a bit like, I guess, when you grow up and when you're a kid, you have no real concept of death. And then gradually over time, you start to understand mm. that everyone dies and that, that means you will die one day. And it's that sort of horrifying realisation, I guess. But,
2: mm. you know,
3: these are adult aliens having to go through it rather than the sort of slowly discovering it as you grow up. It must yeah, be horrifying. True.
0: Yeah. It's much harder to uh detach from an idea as an adult than like as to you... but yeah, exactly. I mean th- when she was like to care, she was like, You don't understand, we have no concept of spirit. Like it's just, you know,
1: yeah, everything is everything.
0: And the only thing I just want to mention is like obviously in the scene before when her that uh Jane we are talking, Jane, is like promises to try to do anything to help her because obviously she's um mm-hmm. in distress. Mm-hmm. Um. Ah. Okay. So. Oh. I. Um, then there. Then there's like this one thing happened. Oh, I, didn't, I wasn't quite sure why this happened. To be honest, I mean, it kind of added to the story, but it didn't. <laughs> but um, uh, there's a shipwide like disturbance or a knock, whatever, and they they kind of quickly figure out that one of these uh, mummies or cocoons has actually been deposited on the on Voyager in engineering via the warp core, mm. uh, and. Um, I think this is going to kind of carry on and it emerges that these things, these bodies are attracted to the war core. So, a couple still, more. Yeah. But um, before we get there, I guess we're back on the planet. And um, I guess, Jamie, this refers to what you were suggesting before, but it's a scene of Matteo, I think his name was, the yeah. guy getting ready for his the transfer and ceremony and his mm. wife. And he's starting to have some doubts. <laughs> so, what is that? But, um, are starting to wonder what really happens when they die and is kind of questioning, yeah. and his wife
1: and, and that was prompted a little bit because he, he'd he overheard some of the conversations with harry i think yeah. they, they were of...
0: they were basically in the same room actually like harry was being kept there and yeah. being examined there and he was there to prepare
1: um, yeah and he was f- presumably asking himself why the hell is there someone who can only be an angel who doesn't look or think he's an angel in this room Um, who's come back from the emanation, or words to that effect in Venori speak. I appreciate that I'm brutalizing the
2: (laughs) (laughs) integration
1: of effectively a first contact situation for the purpose of humor. But yes, he he does sort of start to question that. And it's from there later on that the genesis of Harry's... uh, I'm not going to say Exodus because we're all getting a bit, a little bit too pseudo-religious on this one. But at least escape is based. But, yeah, um, we,
0: we're going to get there. But um,
1: mm.
0: again, I, it's kind, this kind of reminds me of what you said earlier. Is like he is starting to have doubts, but she is so certain, and yes, she's suspiciously like, so. And yeah, exactly. You're starting to have a few suspicions, which builds into what comes out a little bit um, later. But um,
1: is it too soon? To she, yeah, I think it is a
0: little bit too soon. Um, but Sorry. she actually threatens Harry when she leaves, like, stay away from my husband because, you know, she just wants this transfer ceremony to go ahead <laughs> and her husband to die. I <laughs> will move on. Whatever. <sighs> I guess not die because that's not what they believe. But he's again, has so many questions for Harry and Mm-mm. Harry doesn't really know how to answer. And eventually he says something like, I don't know what happens to your people when they die. I don't even know what happens to my people when they die, which um thought was a it's good reflection. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then, um, oh yeah, then we find out that, um, but like as we've kind of said and uh, already, but Matteo is sharing with Harry that death is—they believe death is just another part of existence—and you can actually move, just choose to move on. You know, you don't have to be on the verge of death. You can just be unhappy or lonely and oh. um, choose to go through the transference ceremony. And we kind of, well, I would say we find out that Mateo has been pressurized pressured by his family because he had an accident. So he's like a burden on his family. And mm. Harry is obviously appalled. <laughs> yeah.
2: um,
0: and Matteo actually, is it, yeah, I don't know if that's his name, but I'm calling him that. I thought it was Hatil, So I don't know why I saw right. Anyway, this guy admits he's actually terrified of dying. And since talking to Harry, he's more terrified than ever. So we started <laughs> to have some th- sympathy for his, um,
3: well, you know, more sympathy, I guess, for his
0: situation.
2: Yeah. Mm. yeah
3: it starts to become more one of the key themes red starts to yeah. emerge of this well, also, whole I
0: mean, when this episode came out this was like a huge i mean lots of countries now have assisted dying or lots, yeah mm. this was
3: a hugely
0: mm. controversial topic
3: and they mm. are kind of and, remains th- and still way. is really because you know even now we've got people who in our country are flying over to switzerland or wherever it is so they can legally die and there's all kinds of there's problems still ongoing
2: as well, yeah.
3: yeah, and then there's, you know, obviously relatives of those involved who want to be there to help their loved one. Um, Question. But can't because they might get sent to prison afterwards. And yeah, mm. it's a really um even now just quite a heated um Question. topical kind of theme, isn't it? Um how sympathetically
1: yeah. do we feel Star Trek or voyager positions this practice in this episode i think, I think they position well, it quite neutrally actually yes i do think right. mm. i think
0: they like lay out some of the risks that people have laid out for example mm-hmm. feeling pressured by your family or being yeah. taken yeah. advantage of by other people let's put it to go through this mm. um or maybe yeah. choosing to do it for a reason that doesn't really reduce the quality of your life or you could still have a good life Mm. with that. Like that guy just has like a
3: a lump. (laughs) Yeah, and they do also talk about people doing it because they're not happy with their life, i.e. lonely or depressed. So, you know, they're bringing into this, the idea of people with, you know, just mood disorders or mental health problems and, you know, being then feeling pressured into...
2: Which I I would offer you
3: a
0: treatable...
3: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So- and, um,
0: yeah. If you're interested more in the topic, you can always Google Canada. <laughs>
3: so- <laughs> <laughs> what? what uh-
0: well, they. I think they just uh, made it. Uh, well, all they're legislating to make a mental, being, you know, having a mental health issue a reason to um, have
3: assisted yeah. dying. Are they really? Wow. God.
0: But yes, there's a huge. I'm. I'm not. A, I'm not an expert. I just. If you're interested, to, to Google the the topic. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think this—the world is like kind of not moved on really a lot since this episode. But at this time, it was very certainly things pe- people people mm. spoke about a lot. I'm not sure it was legal in any or countries at that point. Now it's legal in some, and certainly more than at that time, I think. Mm.
2: Uh, but
0: yes, as I was watching this, I did immediately think Canada.
2: For some reason. <laughs> well, I-,
3: I wonder if Star Trek. I mean, they do. I-, I think you're right, Jay. Like they do put forth the potential problems with it but in general it comes Uh, across quite neutral
0: yes i agree i agree
1: yeah it's it's sympathetically positioned at least i think Um, though they
3: tend i i do think now rethinking about it they focus perhaps a little bit more on the potential problems and less so on you know like for example you you read stories um papers about people who are fighting for the legal right to end their life um, mm. because they're in massive amounts of pain and they believe that they should be allowed to make that decision themselves and not have the government tell them, um, which, you know, when you hear that kind of thing, it does make you sort of consider both sides. Um, and I guess that element isn't really sort of, um, you know, explored in this episode. I think they explore more the mm. side of what, what could go wrong with it, um, you know, like being pressured by your,
1: your family. Um, yeah and, and I, I sort of like that because it's again i i don't feel like too much judgment it, i i feel it's an interesting and useful plot device for them to position the venori as there's there's just absolutely no downside to moving to the next emanation we know what happens it's not yeah. certainty because that removes an awful lot of the seriousness and gravity of what Where situations exist where individuals are effectively being pressured into this ritual, it effectively removes the drama of what would be perceived emotionally by them as someone pushing someone else into killing themselves Mm. um, in in a murderous fashion. And that's, that's quite a sophisticated and useful technique to consider the concept on its own that Star Trek has employed, whether deliberately or undeliberately there. Um,
0: yeah, that is a good point, and very clever of the writers if they did that intentionally, because it removes that controversy in a sense. It's like, it, mm, yeah, it's it, it sort about of makes.
1: Yeah, this this feels. While it is a serious episode, it doesn't feel grimdark, which it could easily have been made to mm. feel. Um, yeah, if grimdark isn't a concept that is alien by its very nature to Star Trek.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, so that was, yeah, we anyway. I think it is an interesting scene because mm. there's also clashing points of view. Obviously, Harry's like, as I said, appalled, but th- this guy's just having doubts, he's not like turned, you know, anyway.
1: He's not turned against the concept, mm, you know. no,
0: he's just he's not quite ready for it, I think.
3: <laughs> mm. Um, and Harry's doing his best to sort of not interfere and push one with the other, mm. but of course, the guy. Sees how appalled he is in his expression, and yeah, is <laughs> mm. then influenced by it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's Harry does a good job in this episode. Some, uh, some
2: good yeah, he's, acting, he's, yeah, he's, definitely.
1: He, he's, you know, putting a, a good foot forward for office a uh, star fleet officer of the episode. Oh
0: yes, star player. Um so moving towards the. <laughs> Been a star player for like eight officer. episodes. Okay, um, so we're back on a Voyager um, in engineering with Blana Jamie and Tubak, and they're being well. I wrote being inundated with cocoons. Actually, they were just three, but uh, I got the impression that they had um, these vacuoles are forming around the wok core, yeah. core, which could be well. What did I write read, write down here? Oh, could dangerous, be dangerous, destructive. But also, it was attracting them to the thing.
1: Can I can I just point out something that has just occurred to me? Could it, there, there is a level on which, you know, if you didn't know what was going on you were sat in the Starfleet Captain's officer um, seat you might sort of consider the situation as these aliens think that three corpses is, are a good exchange for Harry Kim
2: <laughs> which is an
1: inter- interesting exchange rate to uh, <laughs> consider this with
0: Yes, I didn't think of that um, uh, That's funny um, But anyway, they have to kind of get out of there to stop these um until they can figure out how to protect the warp core and return and continue their search for harry Mm. um oh yes then we have the scene in the mess hall with uh kez and patera but we've covered that but again she's like we don't believe in spirits we um really believe we maintain our form um yeah
1: Which is in response to um, obviously Kes trying to comfort her, saying, "Well, maybe just because there are bodies here doesn't mean that you don't have an afterlife. We we have a belief in an afterlife that, theologically, evades this problem. Maybe the same thing happens <laughs> with you guys, and you know, it's just a, it's just, uh, a physical yeah. remains deposit."
0: Yes, maybe. Did she she's uh, corporeal or something, mm. but um. But Shane, but Tara's just like, she just wants to get sent home. Like that's mm. kind of, and so the next thing we're in the briefing room and mm. Tera's actually there with the crew, um, and B'Elanna has a brainwave. I mean, I vaguely understand what her brainwave was. Anyone who understands a federal don't Because It turns out the thing was down to a transporter accident at the beginning. Yeah. I have no idea. I mean, I could tell, but I don't think anyone said the words transporter accident when it happened.
1: I think I, I think are shaking in. your
0: head so that makes me feel better.
1: Th- there's a oh, yeah, lot of text being put in.
3: I, I didn't it, really pay much attention this episode at all to the like actual yeah. technical stuff going on with like, Black hemi- It's heavily implied
1: yeah. that You know, they they try and beam Bellona Chakotay and um and Paris, not Paris, in my Paris. Harry. Harry <laughs> I just think of them as the same person now. Um yeah. which is a win <laughs> for Harry um or is it for paris who knows where is um, paris
3: in this episode is he just kind of disappears. slumping off his plan. best
1: mate literally <laughs> dies and he's nowhere for him i think that tells us all we need to know about ensign paris
0: <laughs> after harry last week was like they made me leave they made me leave because he didn't want to leave his friend on that uh, bird oh. race planet <laughs> sorry oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah that whole you've got to relive murdering this guy planet for a while um, but anyway, to, to go back to the point being made uh, to explain what in my understanding happened, the reason they were beaming out of the tomb uh, the tomb asteroid as it will be forever now known, was because the vacuoles appeared and they was they were like, what are these mini wormholes doing? Get us out of here. The place might explode. And the uh, transporter beam and the vacuole interacted, depositing Harry where the originated from, on the other end of the mini wormhole. And thus that was why right. it was a logical link suggesting that it could have been a transporter beam accident. Did the easy, sense? But,
0: yeah. So what are they gonna do now? Uh,
1: I've no idea. I, I leave the <laughs> technical detail to you folk.
0: Um... well they're gonna try recreate that accident by sending Patera with the transponder to beam mm. Harry once she's in the vacuum.
2: <laughs> mm.
3: <laughs> Basically, they're going to try and beam her back somehow, and it's yeah. risky, but she's willing to take the risk. Yeah, because as she says, she's already accepted death once. So. Was
1: was she right to take the risk?
3: Well,
2: oh,
0: he- it doesn't. Yeah, doesn't work out for her in one sense, I guess, but. Actually, what is the best outcome of that transport for
2: her?
1: She goes back alive or she goes back dead? Or she never makes it back? Or she never regains consciousness?
0: Well, she was going to get sent to an asteroid as a mummy, and that is what lands up happening. That's what she
1: always wanted. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a bit more grim than that, because she sort of they beam, it doesn't quite work. And the beam comes back and she's dead and has started mummifying herself.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then they um, Janeway I don't want to use the word orders but Janeway requests that she's beamed to um, mm. the asteroid belt because that's what she would have wanted. Um, yeah. And, and Kez has that little moment with her. I mean, to say I hope you find what you're looking for in a mm. those <laughs> exact words. <afterwards>. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I guess also because that didn't work, they now, they didn't get Harry. So, um, but it turns out they've only got two more hours in the area before they need to leave again. So they've got two hours to find him. Yeah. Um. Pressure's
1: on. There's narrative yeah. tension. Take us yeah, to the next stage.
0: It's a, a ticking clock, as they say.
1: Um. <laughs> I was wondering it's if people would hear it.
0: Um. We're back on the planet and the phenologist is still analyzing Harry and obviously Harry still wants to get back. But and now it turns out that the presence of Harry is obviously causing some ripple effects in society.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I thought um, you were going to say in the, in the mini wormholes and I was like, Harry is <laughs> potentially a divine creature. That should obviously have helped his cover story if he'd been having ripple effects the vacuoles. But if it's in society, yes, I get what you're saying.
2: But there's well, unspecified
1: that... word has spread fast.
0: Yes, they want to move him to a secure location, a safe house, or a oh. uh, witness protection program. Or something. He's in
3: danger. Yeah, some people
0: don't. Witness like the him.
1: afterlife, we're keeping you here for your own safety. You might get killed if they find out what you know.
0: But yeah, obviously, you can imagine this could be having, yeah, you know, had some echoes of things that have happened in real life, I guess. Yeah, um, so he. He like uh, the thenologist walks out and Harry's left in this morgue slash mortuary slash room mm. with mm. Um, the guy I was calling Mateo, but I think his name is Hatil, so anyway, excuse me. Mm. Um, and he's busy wrapping himself in that shroud.
3: Mm. <laughs> the death shroud. Yeah. <laughs> the traditional death shroud.
2: Yeah.
0: And it's Harry's creepy. like, can't you just back out? Is this when he will? Yeah, I think this is when he's wrapping him.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Um. Uh, but he's and he admits that he's thought about backing up but he just wants to be loyal to his family but then obviously Harry has this brainwave and he's like we can do something where your family will think that you're dead but you've actually gone to the mountains to live with your friends who will support mm. you and yeah. um, I'll for... be able to get back
1: mm. well no and, and, and it's sort of we we depict it as quite an easy switch but there, there's a lot to, to this for both yeah. parties because Harry is effectively adopting an escape route which he will however briefly shuffle off this mortal coil because the cenotaphs kill the people they yeah. put into mm. the vacuole and the, um, the Veneri is very scared about doing this and also, he, he would be vanishing and leaving his life and his wife with whom while she thought that he was going to do what she said he should do, he was very close to her. You know, this might be different wish she to find out that he wasn't going or had decided to change his mind.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's not risk free, that's for sure. And, I mean, he does point out to Harry, like, mm. um, or you find out, you know, Santa Claus will kill Harry. Yeah. Mm. What he's yeah. to do. Harry just wants to get back to Voyager, I guess mm. the same way, but Terra just wanted to get home. And I like the way uh that Act signals his like agreement to this plan by beginning to unwrap his shroud because he's mm. been wrapping it and then he's like, you know, that reversal. Mm.
3: I kind of like that. It's very fortunate that that he has a traditional shroud <laughs> stick, and that it's for the whole body. <laughs> otherwise, right. how are they going <laughs> to...
2: What,
3: anyway, what are you I'm saying about
1: Harry, Harry <laughs> uh, human and Venari physiology comparisons?
3: I just think that that shroud was a very useful prop <laughs> device. It's a multitude of sins. <laughs>
1: Favourite writers. writers. <laughs>
3: yes. Um, although
0: I guess maybe Harry only gets the idea once he sees it. like if we're going to be very forgiving Um, (laughs) the next scene we do see obviously Harry wrapped in the shroud sitting in the Mm. center Um, and his wife is saying goodbye and then he leans back and then the thing closes and oh
2: Mm. I didn't
0: like that scene
3: yeah I just think uh, he did a really good, quite a good job of acting this whole thing like the you know he's still it was it's it's very um you feel very immersed in his experience you know like he's like mm. basically getting into a coffin to be um
2: mm, yeah.
3: euthanized. And, and then and... with crossing his fingers the hope and trust that his
1: medical up, team yeah.
3: will be able to revive him like and yeah it's yeah. just a very uh, i think they do it really well because i just get engrossed in this and
1: um, I, exactly and it's he, yeah. although i think I know this sounds dreadful, but I, I think actually it's it, it's for once not necessarily particularly well done because he isn't depicted showing a lot of fear until the very last sort of moment that you know and well, I'm going to say one word back him. at
0: you, Jamie. Officer, he's an officer. He's not yeah. just yeah. I think office.
3: yeah. I agree. I think he does a good job of because um, it was almost like you can see him his training coming in right, and he's starting to take deep breaths, but. He's, it's like he's battling the training of uh you know he's got a i think mm. in the star trek film actually they say it really well you know um when kirk is in um court for um mm. you know win, um cheating on the kobu rash how do you say it kobu, kobu rashimayu or something um and it's and the, uh, spock mm. says well you you failed to determine the point of the test which was is to
2: yashimaru um,
3: that's the one it's the, the point of the test is as a starfleet officer you're expected to be able to maintain control of one's emotions and oneself in the face of certain death right so this is harry yeah. trying to um remember that training but also you know it, it must be frightening so some of some of it is coming through the mm. training this deep breathing slight panic um, and I, I just think he does a good job of like that um showing that internal struggle
2: yeah
0: yeah, yeah. I, mean, I agree. I mean, i mean that thing came on his neck, and I was like, I mean, I felt like <laughs> I, mean, I was very yeah. I
2: was like.
1: Oh. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's was really crazy. atmospheric because he's enclosed in the sarcophagus, and two red beams sort of slowly extend into his neck. <laughs> you know, like are these lasers are these you know are they
0: cutting off his spinal cord? Why? oh i don't want to think yeah.
2: so I,
1: I think it's some sort of injection thing but you know i don't like to specify because i don't like to specify on the lethal injection methodologies but he dies and he's vacuoled
0: yes but i do want to say just what you say um uh well this just reminds me of something that i did learn from <laughs> not that it will ever have any effect in real life mm. but from voyages like if you get, you know, separated from Voyager or you get stuck on a planet, or whatever, like, just do whatever mm. you can to get back because Voyager will be doing whatever they can to rescue you. And then you'll mm. meet in the middle, you know, yeah. <laughs> so you just sit feeling sorry for yourself. It won't work out. Like Harry was mm-hmm. very, very active in his rescue. I guess.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
3: That's a definite repeated theme, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. I like that. And they all, all this, all, everyone always trusts that whether they're kidnapped mm. or lost or anything's happened to them, that, um, they just work on as you say as much as they can to get out because they know they know that yeah, Jane Way. All, <laughs> looking yeah. for them
0: exactly um, so as this is happening we go back we see on Voyager that you know they're still um, having to beam all these um, bodies from the ship back onto the asteroids mm. and it finally comes to the point where Belana has to re- recommend that they leave even though they haven't actually found Harry yet and Janeway you can see that moment on her face where she's mm. like Oh my gosh! I'm not actually going to, to save the one after risking the many. <laughs> sure. And she um, obviously knows that you know Belana is probably right and has to agree. So they begin to turn around.
2: Um,
0: but then there's another vacuole and a bump or whatever.
1: It's, it's a bit like a crash of lightning, except in yeah. space on a spaceship when they happen.
0: And another vacuole has deposited a body this time, human, but dead.
1: Mm. <laughs>
0: so, yeah, not quite out the woods yet. Yeah. Uh, Beamed directly to Sick bay.
2: Um, By someone
1: called Seska, whose yes. name gets mentioned a lot this episode for, you know, a nameless person on a transporter beam operation duty.
0: They're laying the groundwork.
1: Mm. Ooh. Interesting. <laughs>
0: um,
1: but anyway, yeah. Harry gets teleported into Sick Bay. Where yep. we wait with bated breath <laughs> and then. Dun, dun, dun.
0: <gasps> that was my attempt at mimicking Harry coming back to life. <laughs> <laughs> Is Jamie looking for a sound effect or going to read something off the internet?
1: No, no, no. I, I'm going to read nothing about um, revivification or anything like that. I, I thought you were going to sort of um, describe that the doctor seemingly injects him with one thing. And uh, the captain and various others and Kez. Actually, there's a nice moment where sort of the doctor's like, lifts his hand, says just one thing, and Kez rushes off, gets it, and puts it in his hand. And then he injects Harry. And then there's a moment where you're like, oh, has it worked? Silence, silence. It's not worked. It's not worked. And then Harry awakes. (laughs) Like a man who's had an injector full of adrenaline plunged into his heart in a Pulp Fiction movie incident. (laughs)
0: Uh, exactly,
1: but um, without so
3: you know all the drama. Yes. Coincidentally, on I don't know if anyone read the news today, but um, there's an article literally just come out today that they they've managed to um, place uh, an animal mm. at, um, into what is basically suspended animation, right? Um, hibernation, oh. and then bring it out again alive and okay, and. They just put a
1: bear in a winter environment.
3: The interesting thing is they did it um, through um, like, uh, no, it wasn't the temperature or anything like that or the environment. It was just um, they Mm. they did something to the brain, but um, they were able to bring it back out again. But the interesting thing is this animal is not um, one that usually hibernates, right? So they think that based on that, there's a high chance that they could do it to humans.
0: So we can hibernate through winter?
3: well no but we'd, we'd be put we so this is like a star trek thing right because <laughs> on a lot of star trek oh, for space movies, yeah they put people into suspended animation so they can send them off to mars or wherever that's like hundreds thousands of light years away
0: i have a use case right here on earth help us hibernate <laughs> through winter <laughs> well, at least the darkest three months of winter
3: but they think that they could more probably more likely they can use it in like med- medicine because um people uh with who've had like stroke or heart attack Mm. or something they can put them into like a suspended animation for a little while um whilst they sort of recover and and
2: Mm. give them
3: medicine and things um
0: sometimes use they induce people into a coma right or keep them in a coma
3: yeah because sometimes it's helpful obviously you know in only certain situations for short term but um wow yeah it's fascinating
0: um yeah super interesting um who wants to uh, describe the final scene? Because I thought it
3: was quite nice um, with Jane. I, I remember this one. Oh, this is a genuine one. No, I'll, do, I'll do it because I normally don't remember any of them until you guys describe them. So this is one of the few I do remember. So, you know, we have Harry and he's sitting, um, pondering the meaning of life, having his dinner, and then he pushes his tray away because he can't even eat. He's so, um, you know, just thinking thinking yeah. hard about I don't know what. And then January comes along and she's saying how um, he, um, he's, you know, he should have some rest time. He wants to be back at work the next day. And she says, no, no, you're going to have a full two days off. And he says, I'm fine. And she wants him to have the full time off because she believes that he needs time to consider what's happened to him. This experience he's had is unique. And also that she had a lot of, you know, interesting, um, w- well, interesting visits to other planets presumably and other experiences um, when she was younger and that she didn't really get a chance to um ponder them when they happened so she wants him to have a chance to you know just think about his experience
0: yeah and really it's like cool. consciously process it i think because she even suggests like i don't know if she suggests journaling but she definitely suggests like art or like creative endeavors or something, Any- or something anything
1: about. to express himself yeah
0: yeah mm. again such great management <laughs>
1: I mean, could we just take a moment here? He literally died and he's only getting two days off.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. I think do, it's do we, we want to go like with great that. management here? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I, guess, mean, I couldn't quite tell how much time had passed between him being in sickbay and him being, you know, to that moment uh, in the oh. thing. Because I thought maybe he had spent time in recovery, in and you know, in, so I wasn't sure. Good but point. Yes. You, might,
3: you might have spent two weeks in sickbay being monitored and, you know, carefully looked after and things, but before that point, that's... I I like to think that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Plus, also, I guess, now you say it, the sort of creative endeavor and journaling thing, I guess, I mean, in a way, he has had a traumatic experience. He's been dead. So Mm. I guess it's a kind of um, therapy that she's suggesting to avoid PTSD, presumably.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Mm.
0: Well, at least make sure he doesn't just like, you know, try and move on too fast from this. Because, yeah, he was dead. And in a sense, he did experience, not like an afterlife, also, this like, whole—I mean, anyone who has any concerns about death watching this episode
1: is going to have all those things <laughs>
0: resurrected.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: and like, so it's not almost just that he died, but it must also, you know, like, and he learns about this whole other civilization and culture and how they view death, mm. and <clears throat> and also, oh dear, I'm having this thing. <clears throat> we find out. Um, oh dear, I have to have some water. Mm-hmm. Um that um, we find out a little bit more about the energy field, which indicates that mm. maybe Venori might have some kind of afterlife that's different from what they expected, but uh, is, is an afterlife.
3: Yeah, I missed that bit, didn't I? Yeah, they, um, there's like a neural energy that's released um, into the asteroid belt. And Janeway says it's um, extremely complex um Mm. and dynamic and all these other things about it that are unusual and uh that could suggest that there is some kind of um soul
1: yeah so so she she sort of performs a neat theological trick by effectively saying when harry's like well i clearly know that there's no such thing as an afterlife and jerry says are you so sure because you know even though yeah the body's deposited here there's loads of weird, unusual shit of weird emanations and um, frequencies and vibrations going on there in unusual sort of densities with complexity, suggesting things interacting. Effectively saying, just because this does not therefore mean not that um, as to the possibility of an actual afterlife for those folk. So it's, it's interesting. She's in effect... Successfully performing the theological trick that Kez is trying to perform for Patera by saying, well, just because afterlife and life after death doesn't happen the way you think it does, it might still be possible to happen in another way. So, you know, don't give in to existential despair, which is a trick that, to be fair, theologians have been practicing and carrying out for religions, you know, I think yeah, but since see, all the that's most religions I- became a thing
0: what I did think was interesting is that she kind of gives Harry hope in a sense, like, I mean, oh, hope man. by giving him this information about this unusual activity. And then he's like, are oh, you man. sure? And then she's like, well, we can't be certain, but so death she's, she's not, she does, she does she's not certain about it. Right. But she says, I mean, she wraps up with her saying, we can't, one thing we do know is we, you know, we know much less about death. What does she say? we um, know.
1: we, know. we, <sighs> No. we know we know less than we know about death. No. <laughs> no, know know know
0: well.
1: What we know is less than what we don't know about death.
0: Yeah. That's so it. also like kind of reassuring Harry she's like actually I'm not sure but actually we don't know anything.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I someone um once said to me about it because they I uh, had having a discussion when um, I think this is quite a religious person but um who was also like a very keen scientist and uh, we were talking about the sort of mm. contradiction in that in some respects. Um and he was saying about that. Yes, um, he understood the con- natural contradiction there. But um, he, even in science, there's still always so much we don't know, mm. and that he just thought it would it was super arrogant to assume that we we do know mm. what happens when people die. Yeah, all of it. That we know absolutely everything about it. Um, you know what? We know nothing. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah. So and I say, well, yeah, that's true. That's true.
0: Hmm. yeah i mean i don't know yeah i thought that was a very interesting episode it reminded me of when i i definitely went through a phase i don't know if all people go through this when they're growing up where you're like wait i'm gonna die everyone's gonna die why is no one why aren't all people running around the world going ah oh, we're gonna die <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah
3: oh, yeah. Or at least, life. yeah or at least talking about it more
0: yeah, <Yeah>. And then I learned to become a person that just never thinks about it and goes on <laughs> my day because it was stressing me out so much. Yeah, um, But actually, I remember very distinctly, there was this um uh, a career, he wrote career advice on psychology today, a guy called Marty Nemco, but He's like a very pragmatic kind of writer. I really liked his a lot. Mm. Of I mean, I call them little because they're quite short. And one day he wrote something about people who have a fear of death. And he was like, well, you have no memories of before you were born. You don't know, like, remember being, like, in turmoil or torment or whatever. Mm. Not to say, like, you know, obviously we don't know. So he was like, well, it'll probably just be like that. There'll just be nothing. I'm not trying to say that um, that is what will happen. I'm just saying if you're someone who was going through a phase of being terrified of dying, I felt that kind of reassuring that um it might just mm. be, like, something mm. I've already experienced before, you know, as in...
3: Yeah, I mean, because if if you're if you believe that, and I I mean, I think that's um, yeah, certainly something that I consider um, is the case. Um, I think though, there's the fear of the actual dying as well. That's the thing. It's not that mm. after the dying is over, it's you know. Presumably fine because it's just like you said, like it's before you. You don't even know anything about it. You don't exist, so it's fine. Mm. But it's the sort of lead up and the actual. Um, yes, yeah,
2: so no, I don't want to get into that discussion.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Every yeah. oh, uh am
0: like, I'm too young to die.
3: i Yeah, but you know, hopefully, we'll all be nice and drugged up for it.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: Die as a Pam and you know, having a great time. When we're hundred and three. Yes, exactly. In our warm comfy Can I you, please? <laughs> yes, yeah. This is why people don't talk about it. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's something there with the religion and politics. Um,
3: but
0: yeah, I guess I mean there, this is a big theme one, Denny. I don't know if you wanna mm.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I feel I feel like we've probably covered them all as we talked through about the difficulties of um, you know euthanasia and should it be allowed and what is life after death? Is there a life after death? And you know people's beliefs and and yeah, even then there's the big right at the beginning we had a whole theme about you know basically. Um, I felt like Chakotay just going right back to the start was—it was like a little archaeology lesson. He was giving everyone, Mm. you know, about how uh, we—or a history lesson—how we look at um, scenes from the past and um, consider what they could tell us about this particular civilization. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of themes.
0: Yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot (laughs) in classic Star Trek.
1: Mm. Mm. I agree. I um. I found it a quicker episode than some. Oh, um, yeah. but simultaneously a less complex one for all the trouble we sort of had with the theological stuff. I, I don't know. It's...
3: It was quite a, te- like, sort of
1: technology like no, one.
3: No, no, I was going to say sort of tame, like slow. It was, you know, mm. it wasn't lots of, you know, battles or um, stuff Different going genres. on. It, it felt yeah. quite sort of, you know, relaxed, paced slow moving I guess um, I was going to say start, yeah, my star player was um, Harry because I just think he did a great job of conveying the different um, mm. emotions <laughs> in uh, yeah, I situations. have to agree with you
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I have to disagree I think it was Chakotay for giving Harry the framework with which to successfully engage a first contact situation whilst remaining respectful of the other cultures clearly batshit crazy misguided beliefs At the start, he's
0: trying to get us (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) cancelled.
1: Hey, there There are no Venerians listening to this podcast. So, if you actually remove the batshit crazy, misguided ideas from that, that's an actual accurate reflection of my thoughts. That Chakotay actually, in taking Harry through his experience of how he misread a situation of first contact and shown respect for others' beliefs, he actually gave Harry a good framework of things to be careful and cautious in and with as he engaged the Veneri. So because of the fact that, you know, I always think that we should applaud those who help others to do better, uh, for which reason I'm, you know, Ted Lasso fan for life, I'm voting Chikoshe. Anyone who wishes to replace their vote may do so now.
0: I really like your nomination, but I'm going to stick with uh, Harry Kim because, yeah, I mean, a I think the the acting. I mean, so that's very important. But I was very absorbed, and uh, his he something actually went very wrong on like an earlier way mission, and he handled it mm. very
2: well. <laughs> mm.
3: yep. 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 Plus, you know, the, his attitude at, right at the start as well to mm. not yeah. getting his idea picked. And yes. Saying, thank you for listening anyway <laughs> <In> an <laughs> entirely non-sarcastic way
0: <laughs> and the only final thing i want to say is um when i've been listening to delta flyers and other podcasts oh, something they often ma- mention especially on delta flyers is like the variation in pronunciation of even main character names and especially uh. guest character names and they like point out like oh someone said it like this and then they said it like that and I was always like, how can these actors always be getting <laughs> wrong? And I struggled so much with like getting just the names written down this time, so um, I had a little bit of empathy and sympathy for um, <laughs> actors and pronunciation on this episode. I don't know why, because I don't think they were any different, but I just struggled this week.
3: There were a lot of names this week, I didn't remember any of them. <laughs> so, so, yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, I guess um, that brings us to the end, and We'll be back yeah. in hopefully two weeks if this podcasting thing works out in terms of distribution with um what's the next episode mm. prime factors according to indeed India.
1: indeed jamie mm. do you want
0: to sing us out or anything <laughs> yeah,
1: I, 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 oh, wow okay <laughs> i clearly haven't been as lively as i am normally on this particular <laughs> one uh, well no, it's 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 a profound one. I think yeah. it's a very profound episode, um, uh, and with its nuance and its sort of use of uncertainty as the space to let God enter the room, as uh, Ted Lasso once said, um, misquoting someone else. Um, so no, I I don't have much else to add beyond so- what we've said.
0: A lot of love for Star Trek this week and a lot of love for Ted Lasso.
2: <laughs> On that note, I think we'll see. Goodbye. That's so early
1: <laughs>